Welcome to Dauntless Nation Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael and Dana Bryant. We are committed to fearlessly strengthen the family unit through our podcast discussions, interviews, and in-person trainings for teens and families. Our mission is to provide you with the tools to connect deeply in your relationships, face your fears, conquer the challenges that get in the way, and create any life you want. Welcome to Dauntless Nation, where we are fearlessly strengthening the family unit. And this episode is about becoming dauntless. And in fact, we so are hey, really here quick. Right so now. tell me what it means to become dauntless. Like let, let our let our listeners and viewers know what like when you say becoming dauntless, like like I know what that means, but what is how can you describe that to well, everybody listening? First, we have to talk about two things. First, the definition of dauntless, because some may not know what it is. Dauntless means to be determined, and you have a feeling of fear, but you face those fears. And the best part of that definition for me is incapable of being subdued, which we can address. However, I would like to talk about who we are and what we're doing here, right? So Dauntless Nation is really, um, now it's evolved into something beyond our elite experiential trainings for teens, because we have those in-persons and online courses and things like that. However, we are really uh, talking about the whole family unit, tools and strategies for strengthening the family unit. Well, so you know what I tell a lot of the, the teens that we work with? As I tell them, hey, our, our advertising was that we, we work with teenagers, but if I advertise that we work with parents, so I might not get any calls. Yes. So no. now that we got you, I tell the kids, hey, let's go have a good time and learn life. Now I can work with your parents also. Yeah. And they're like, yes, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and eventually the parents who we will often refer to as the guardians of Dauntless Nation because uh, the guardians um, with Dauntless Nation have become a sacred term. So many reasons we do it. We don't need to get into it. But the truth is, is that that is um, guardians of Dauntless Nation are the protectors of the next generation. And so um, that's well, so what we're hey, really there. quick. So describe like so. What does it mean to be an elite member of Dauntless Nation? Because when I'm working with the kids or even, you know, the the guardians is like you are now the protect the protectors of society and the protectors of of the gifts and the uh, and, and the tools necessary to be profitable for this life. Yeah. So. To, to be in Dauntless Nation, um, to be a part of our tribe, simply means that you are really facing your fears. Um, we have in-person trainings, live events, things like that. But the reality is, is that they are after their best self, right? And we simply provide those tools and strategies. But I want to go back to your first question, becoming Dauntless, because the name of it is really important to me personally, because I think that um, fear has gripped our nation in many ways. We're a little bit on the other side of it, but it was a major thing, and we see what it does to people. Are we on the other side of it? Well, or the just the beginning. We can talk about that more. But the reason becoming is so important is because becoming is a process, and that's number one in the five laws of Dauntless Nation. And often I see when people are paralyzed with fear, because let's just talk about the definition of fear for a minute. Fear is um, is a bully, as you say it, but most of all, like becoming a, 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 is a process. We don't just, sometimes we just jump out, jump out of the airplane, right? And you instantaneously face the fear. But when you're really gripped either as a nation or a people or a person, 
we have to have strategies to ungrip ourselves. Well, and having a vision. <clears throat> you know what I talk to our students about is like having a vision that you can emotionally attach yourself to that is bigger, yes. larger. Um, than the discomfort or the fear that you must walk through mm -hmm. to actually attain that. And, you know, we, we paint these pictures of, with everybody that we work with. like, there is a gift. God himself has placed a gift for you on the other side mm -hmm. of your fear. So if, if you're going to allow fear to be a bully, and let's face it, that's what it's it is. A it's a liar, a bully. If you're going to allow yourself to be bullied by that and not receive that gift, like, what is your life going to look like? Yeah. Now, what if you get that gift? What if you what if what if you were to create a strategy and a vision that was bigger than the fear and you weren't alone? And not only that, you knew that you weren't alone and you got to walk through those fears with a unit. Yes. Now, this gift, when I, I, I use the word gift, and the word gift to me is actually a sacred term because the what you're going to attain, that mm -hmm. gift you get, you get to walk through eternity with it, but it is gonna bless every single person yeah. that you ever come in contact with and yourself well the gift is not for ourselves alone right um and that's the bigger part right something bigger than ourselves and i like to call it like the anchor that if we don't know where we we want to go then how do we know how to get there that's what we always say right so so if we know where we want to go we know how to get there and the dream and the vision is bigger than the fear, then we can get unstuck and move forward. And I personally think that what's happening in our nation is in us working so closely with families and teens is the lack of motivation, the lack of vision, the lack of imagination that is occurring in the minds of the young um, is, is really what's gripping us um, because they're not they're not having these dreams uh, that we may have had as a, a kid. Pete, don't, don't misunderstand me. They have dreams. But something's occurred that's causing this lack of emotion. Will you speak to that, Michael? Well, let's talk, let's talk about that. And so th this is one of my passions is that, you know, and I'm not going to blame COVID for everything. <clears throat> but let's take a look at us as a nation, <clears throat> our responsibilities and our reactions to that. And these, these youngsters in the developmental process became isolated. Mm -hmm. And so they got on social media, video games. They started talking to me. So we are social creatures, yeah. everyone. And I don't care if you say you don't like people or not. You are created to be a social creature. Yes. Now, you get on social media and it fools your brain into thinking that you're being social and you're actually settling for a counterfeit because there is, yeah. in the quantum field, there's an energy that happens inside of six feet, by the way. Yeah. When we are in community, there's an energy exchange and we get a shared effort in walking through this life. Yeah. Now, um, Isaac Newton, he had, he'd posted his three laws of motion. A lot of people have heard, you know, an object in motion stays, stays in, in motion. motion or object at rest stays at rest. Yeah. So the, our response to COVID was the object, the, the force that stopped the human soul, not yeah. all of them, but the majority of them. So when you think yeah. about that now, what we have is we have a bunch of human souls our adolescents, the, the people who are going to be, you know, right. ruling this nation yeah. in this right. world. Yeah. We have a bunch of um, souls that are at rest. Mm -hmm. Now, it's going to take a force greater than that soul and oftentimes a force greater than the household itself to kickstart that yeah. soul back, back in into, mo motion. into motion. Yeah. And Dauntless Nation is that force. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've seen it like play out, right? Because they start to wake up. 
they start to become alive, the neurons are firing, the body's moving, and the motion is happening. And and really, we just ride that wave of momentum, right? But that at rest, when you started to talk about that, that is so significant because they're, the parents are calling, you know, and even the parents themselves stuck. I mean, we've all been there, right? I think it was done on purpose, but nonetheless, here we are. And so how do you do those things? And it takes strategy. Well, and yeah, so regardless of what happened, how it happened, the minds, we can, you can, we can get into that forever. The fact is, is that when we understand what our current reality is and then where we want to go, and some of my favorite parts is when I get to work with these teens and the guardians and we see the momentum, we start to see them dream of big dreams, their body posture starts to change. And it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 it is the, it is infusing hope into the human soul and, I don't think I've done anything personally greater in my life than to actually walk next to another human soul and be part of infusing hope into them and just watch them dream a big dream. So oftentimes, before we work with somebody, they you ask them, what do you want to do with your life? What's your dream? And you're just, you know, like, hey, get in this with me. And they're like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, for, that's the forbidden term. Uh, a mine is trying is lying. Yours is we cannot say I don't know. Well, uh, think about it. It's it's a lazy mind not willing to take and do the work to really find out. Okay, if I did know, yeah, if I did know what what could be some of the possibilities for me, and there is a fear to dream, a fear of failing. Yes, and you know we we ask our students, and this was in that book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Like if you knew you wouldn't fail. What, what would, would you do? Yeah. Like, how big would your dreams be? And so that is one of the things that kickstarted us. Like, hey, let's just meditate on this just for a second. If you knew that you could accomplish anything you set out to, how big would your dreams actually be? Yeah. And I mean, most people know this, but it's not taught in schools. Most adults that have done personal development, this is um, a known um, truth. 95% of the time we're in our subconscious, right? So we're not in our conscious mind 5%. Why this is not taught, taught in school. In fact, our son is in Kenya right now, Jake, and he's reading Think and Grow Rich. And he keeps calling me with these aha moments, you know. And really what it is is he's very conscious, right, of what is occurring. Well, go, so go ahead and really quick, just take, take 30 seconds and describe where he's at in Kenya, what's going on, does he have access to social media, does he have access to a TV, no. and then some of the some of the epiphanies and the, the way his mind is absorbing what he's reading is leaps and bounds. Yeah. Like if he could check out with a TV, I mean, nothing, you know, it's this age group, they, 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 but he doesn't have that option to do that yeah. right now, and some of the reports that we're getting are just awe-inspiring. Yeah, and... The story is, is our son came to us two, three months ago, recognized that he was getting stuck, you know, and doesn't matter what household. We gave him the tools. He has to pick up the tools and use them. And he chose that he was in a dilemma in his mind. And so we have farms in Kenya and a very, uh, a shack um, on the farm. And he intentionally put him in an unco- himself in an uncomfortable situation for the purpose of growth. Most adults won't put themselves through that kind of suffering. So we were very proud parents, of course. But the truth is, is that he uh, is awake now because he is in discomfort and comfort and distraction are the very things that get us into that automatic state of mind. I mean, we do things on autopilot, right? 
also, of course, with that comes gratitude because I said, hey, buddy, you were you were complaining about what's going on here in your daily lives. And I haven't heard one complaint from you in Kenya. And it's like, hey, mom, my my eyes are open. I'm reading the books that you requested. And it's really clear that fear, fear of becoming an adult was starting to get to him because he's going to be 18 soon. Right. So um Really, the fear part also I wanted to speak to is what are we fearing, right? The number one thing is other people's opinions, a fear of rejection. That is so painful, right? Fear of failure. But we have to reframe those things if we're going to get unstuck. Well, a lot of it's, it's being in comfort. So, what it, you know, in working in the dialogue that I have with a lot of these teens is they are so afraid of somebody judging them. Yes, it's because they've been judging themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when we break through with them, it's like, okay, what if nobody was really judging you? Yeah. And and so what you had just talked about and what I what I titled is it's called the fear of man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple psychologists that step on this is that they, they we as a nation are going in debt yeah. to buy things that we don't want to impress people, people we, we don't, don't like. Yeah, that we don't care about, right? And and everybody talks about that, but are we really shifting out of that? And the the reality is, is that rejection is incredibly painful. You and I are so sensitive to that with each other. If we say, ooh, the thing you made said to me as a married man, you know, if you said that to your wife, if you see me feeling rejected by you, we're real quick to reconcile because that is one of the things most people will hurt themselves over, right? Well, it's, it's, we have learned how to be intentional about what we're doing. And yeah. again, be, just being intentional doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect because yeah. we still still screw up and then maybe still get into subconscious and stuff. But it's like, what would happen? What would what would anybody's life look like if we got off of autopilot? Yeah. If we, because I want you to think about it. Do you remember brushing your teeth this morning? It was no. done on autopilot. Yeah. You, you you get an autopilot, you, you brush your teeth, you get in your car, and most people are walking around in life asleep. But what would our lives look like if we were intentional and we had a vision that was bigger than the discomfort or even our thought of the discomfort? Because a lot of times we think that we might have to be uncomfortable with this or maybe we're afraid of this, but when we come face-to-face with it, is it really as bad as we imagined it was going to be? Well, my favorite saying is what? Fear is future events appearing real. That's why it's a bully, because it's a liar, right? And so we don't often put ourselves in these strategies we're going to talk about because or up against those fears because they have gripped us because they appear so real. So you have to be in a very conscious state of mind and intentional about calling out that bully, right? One of the biggest things I've ever done in my life is the Alcatraz swim. And the Alcatraz swim, we swam Alcatraz from Alcatraz to the shore. So tell them why. Just tell everybody why. Well, for me, I watched Jaws too many times as a young guy. Not why you were afraid. Why did we even do things like that? Well, we did it because we've always had these experiential trainings and we face our fears and push ourselves against those kind of discomforts so that we can level up in life. Well, and so we, so you and I, we've taken so many students on that swim, and it was called the aha moment. So mm-hmm. I want you to imagine something, um, if you're listening, that we take a group of people who have a limiting belief system about their life, and take a boat. We get dropped off out at Alcatraz. Now the boat's gone. There's only one way back to shore. Yeah. Let's let's swim. And I can see the fear physically starting to grip them. And I look at them. Hey, hey, if you refuse to quit. 
If you really refuse to quit, it's impossible to fail. I promise you, if you refuse to quit, it's impossible to fail. Now, 100% success you and I have had with the people that we've trained that with. My favorite part is not necessarily the swim. It's the conversation that happens on the shore with these people. And I tell them, hey, not only did you do what you thought was impossible, you did what the whole world thinks is impossible. Mm -hmm. What do you think you could do with your life now? And yeah. we went to watch those people go on to be successes in realms that they, they thought was for somebody else. They thought that is for somebody else. Yeah. And after that, they're like, F no, this is for me. Oh, you went there, Michael. So my experience having done the, I was, I was training other people to do a different swim, right? So I had to face myself in that moment. And that was terrifying because you were in the boat and you wouldn't let me out. And it was one of the greatest gifts you've ever given me. You looked at me, I was struggling halfway through. Like when you say, if, if you choose to not quit, you can't fail. Well, when you are treading for hours, not getting anywhere, <clears throat> it felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. But again, it was a condition of the mind if so, I was going to push through. So to my defense and your support, I, I remember <laughs> the exact moment you're talking about and you're looking at me. And so like everything inside me that wants to protect you because you're looking at me you're like, honey, help. Yes. Right. And I'm looking at you and I'm thinking in the future, if I get her in this boat right now, she's going to register not maybe an incomplete, not necessarily a failure, but an incomplete. And I know what that does in, in the psyche. Yeah. And I knew you and I knew that you could do it. And I mean, think about it. If you knew that there was no plan B, plan A is the only option yeah, you have. We burned the boats. Now, how did you, how'd you feel when you hit shore? I, Were you grateful that I didn't let you get in the boat? I, not only was I grateful, it was an incredible gift as a wife. It, you have to frame it in a way that you receive it as a gift because I was pretty pissed off for a minute. And, and the notable piece for me and, is that there was a time when I was most fearful. And I started to have these... Things, I don't know if you recall this because I've told this part of the story. There was logs and actual garbage starting to surround me. No, I remember that. And I couldn't drive the boat into that garbage. And I watched you swim through it. And I'm just like, and I'm praying for you. Yeah. I, I, know, I know you're going to be okay because your ego itself wouldn't let you fail anyways. Yeah, I know. that Ego gets a bad rap. I know some psychologists will hate hearing us say that. But I embrace my ego, keep it in check. But it did push me, mostly because there was warrior men ahead of me. And I wanted to be the woman to push and make it. And well, I you're did. the only woman that I made did, it. I did, the only woman that made it. However, that 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 garbage coming to me, I was so awake in that moment that I was aware that my fear, it was a symbol of what was happening. And survival is, in survival, all of our energy comes in. And creation, it goes out. And fear cre keeps us in survival. And so because we train these things and and we we debrief after and we know what the meaning is in these experiential trainings, I became super awake that the garbage was representing my fear. And that's and beautiful. That, You've never shared that with me before. Yeah. And, and it was, it was a terrifying moment. In fact, I thought to myself, this is quite embarrassing that the energy was going down and actually drawing sharks to me. So not only was I covered in garbage, I was also believing that my energy and fear was drawing the sharks to me, which was also symbolic. Now you had so many fears, your imaginations were running wild. Did any of your imaginations of the worst case scenarios ever happen? Well, for a half of a second, because, you know, we still do ocean swims. So there's always this like, whew, it really comes and goes. And I have a lot of control over it. But 
I knew that there, this was my epiphany, and I believe it's so typical to fear because the opposite of fear is what? Faith. Yes. Okay. And there was this moment when all this was happening, I go, oh my goodness, I'm terrified and I haven't asked God for help. And I rolled on my back and I looked up to the sky and I was like, help, that's all I could get out. And, and really the garbage, whether the garbage left me or I pushed through it, it didn't matter. It was the most symbolic moment in my life because it gave me the strength to keep pushing. And on that swim, you can't rest, which I also think it's symbolic of life because if you quit, you will, you will be swept out to sea. Well, even so you got the tide running against you yes. and, and, and the, wa yeah. the, yeah. the water is constantly moving. So if you just take a break for five minutes it, it was the equivalency of maybe you lost 20, 20 minutes of yes. forward momentum. Yes, yes. So either you're going forward or you're going backwards. Yeah, and that's life, right? We very rarely, for more than a day, are stagnant. We're either falling into old habits, <clears throat> excuse me, or we're moving forward. And that's the difference that I really pulled into my life, the survival versus creation. And I check myself, am I in survival? Because that's that gut feeling we get, right? Fear is so physical in our bodies. And, and when I'm in creation, you know, you and I will get in an argument or something and you see that I have to create something for Dauntless Nation and you'll come to me and say, I need you to get in creation moment. Let's get this off of us. So what are some forms of creation really quick? So like, it's not just creating something. So I've noticed like if I'm being philanthropic with somebody and it doesn't have to be money, it could be time, uh -huh. uh, it could be a, maybe a word of encouragement. I, those are forms of creation, also yes. forms of giving that get me out of, of some of those stinking thinking, some of those paralyzed thoughts, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that I can create some forward momentum in me and even enrich other people's, like the tools that are used to get me moving forward are are me giving of myself yeah. to something or somebody. Yeah, that's why I hate the term self-help. I, I love that it's getting a little tension now that people are sick of that because I think it's the opposite. Yes, you care for yourself. Yes, you take care of your daily habits, but really creation is that outward motion right? So we're designed to serve others. We're designed to deposit into other people's lives. And that's how we get out of ourselves. So to self-help to me seems inward. And there's a, there's a fine line. I get where the psychologists go. But the truth is, is that there is really about personal development is about helping others. What I got to include that. I know what you're saying about that, the self-help and it, there is self-help, but I think it's the, the, the way that a lot of people have attached yeah. and, and, and done that. So like I've worked with some people that are like, I just need to focus on me, me. right now. And, and like, I go, oh, well, you're in danger. I go, well, not only your danger, I think you've been doing too much of that already. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have exercises around power and, and givers and takers and, and, you know, we don't need to go into it, but the reality is, is these experiences that we put through will really define who's the giver and taker. And the, and the, at the end of the day, the taker is the one that's sucking the energy in. Well, excuse me. A lot of times when we've done, we've, when we've done these, we've had a handful of people who've ended up on the taker, you know, spectrum and we call it taking because we don't want to give that label to a person. Taker is like, you're in an attitude of taking yeah, right now. Yeah. It's not who you are. Yeah. It's what you're doing. It's right what now. you're doing. But a lot of people like, you know, they attach that. And so there's been a revelation to people like, holy shit, I'm, I'm actually taking yeah. energy. I'm, I'm, I'm robbing, I'm yeah. stealing and I, and you know, it's like, Hey, not, not making you bad, but is this really how you want to live your life? Yeah, it's just an awareness, right? We all have these things. We all have our blind spots. That's not who you are or it is maybe who you are right now, but it is who you want to become. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 
who you you can choose yes. the results that you're going to have for your life. Yeah. Matter of fact, you do choose the results for your life. Just which results do you want? Yeah. And getting back to fear, I believe everybody in that inward motion that that, you know, self-help, they're trying to get out of their pit. Right. Because they're afraid. They're afraid of something. Um, and often afraid of failure or rejection, personal, you know, being in a relationship with somebody is typically rejection or opinion of others that you don't want, right? Or judgment. So, so if we are inward, if you can sense that energy going in, you're probably in a state of fear because faith is the opposite, right? You take a step and you're trusting that God will meet you there and you just keep moving forward. That's all that outward creative momentum. Now, I want to be clear is that when we're talking about fear and being fearless, that we're not talking about being reckless <laughs> also. And, and you know. We've been I, accused of that a few times. We have, but we, from people who are fearful. I've yes. never been accused of being reckless by anybody that's been in creation. This is true. Now, right. but it, it didn't mean that I wasn't afraid. Yes. It just mean that I wasn't going to let my fear hold me back. Yeah. And then it created a strategy. And then more times than not, I wasn't walking through those fears alone. I either had you by my side or I had other team members or we had a team, a group of people mm -hmm. that we walked through some of those fears together. And the whole message of it was like, I'm not alone. Yeah. And yeah. fear says, hey, you're alone. You're the only person with these thoughts. You're isolated in a world of 8 billion people. And the more I told myself, hey, I'm not alone. And mm -hmm. the decisions that I make when I know that I'm not alone are profitable for the results that I want. You know, one of the things when I was struggling in my early 20s, somebody said, there's Dana. There's there's somebody in the room that is alone with every, you know, with everybody here. And and uh, basically, I don't know, 7 billion people then I think he used. Yeah. And I knew he was talking about me, but I thought he was going to say somebody else. And it was the first time I'd been seen in my life, like really seen. How did it feel? It, well, it was that, that gentleman helped transform my life. Um, but he, it was, the point was, is I was gripped by fear and it didn't look like I was because my behavior was so reckless. So that's the fine line we're talking about because when you're reckless, you're also operating in fear that, so, so for me, I was all, I was outspoken, loud, doing things that were to the world standards seem fearless, but I was terrified. So fear can mask itself in many different ways. It doesn't mean that you always look paralyzed. You may be paralyzed. And one of the things that we're noting with the families is fear is contagious. And I have a few families we're working with right now that the mother or father are gripped with fear. It may look a little different. We're professionals in this, so we see it quite clearly. However, their child is full of fear. They're looking at their kid coming to us. I don't know why she's so afraid. <laughs> and we're looking at the family going, no judgment. It's gripped the whole family. And I think it's a ripple effect. Well, you know, the, well, the children are a product of their environment. Yes. And the, the primary environment that they're in is the household. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we could talk about that fear machine called the news and the media, oh, which yeah. really puts it on. So, you know, and a lot of times what I've noticed in the people that we work with is that fear will, they'll, they'll retitle it being safe. Mm. I'm, I'm being safe. I or, officially hate that word. Actually, <laughs> Dauntless does not use the word safe, yes. by the way. We, we have you know, chosen the word sacred. Uh, 
how it, it's become a thing where you know have a safe day what is that expression i don't even want to say it no they say be safe yeah be safe so and what does that mean now jordan peterson we have to go here we you know what i'm gonna say all he, in he's like we're all in we're yeah. gonna die anyway i mean that's why i jumped in alcatraz i had to think am i doing service to my children putting myself at this risk but the reality is is i was more at risk driving particularly the way i drive than to jump in the ocean but it was a fear of mine that i needed to overcome but we're all in we're gonna die anyway and we are allowing this fear to rule our lives. Stop us from going after that job and that dream. Stop us from leveling up. Stopping us from really getting our body in the shape that we desire or, or dating the guy we think that we're not good enough for. Whatever the case may be, it is stopping us from living out our dreams. Well, so you, you had said something like, am I serving my children by doing this? And and so I got to be a, a, a spectator of, of watching you do that. And I would say you served your children more in that moment, in the fruit of that moment, than in most other times, than like cooking them dinner or whatnot. Because, you know, you would, and you talk to a lot of guardians of this is like, hey, I don't care what you th think you're teaching your children, more is caught than taught. So what do you think your children actually caught <laughs> yeah, from that? You. That's my phrase, bro. And I just okay. said that's what you that's what you say. <laughs> More is caught than taught. You rise, I rise. We're going to do a podcast on that. I'm super passionate about that because I was terrible young mother for a while. You know, that's just what's true. A lot of moms mess it up in the early years or we think we do, right? Cuz we're trying to have it all together. There's a lot of messy conversation around that. But I wasn't emulating who I wanted them to be. And I think that's what's up. I, one person's afraid, then the other person's afraid. It's, it's that, and, and we're just in this sick cycle of getting worse and worse. And some the fear will grip us, but that faith and that courage and that incapable of being subdued, because you will not sub subdue the brands. So you got to keep pressing in and your kids are watching. Well, they're watching us. Not only they're watching us, they're watching how are we connecting. Okay, so for, for men, and I'm going to speak on men, well, me, for mm -hmm. instance, so my biggest fear mm -hmm. up until, I don't know, uh, about 10 or 12 years ago was actually connection with another soul. Mm -hmm. Because what I realized is that... I recall. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. You're joking with me. In connecting great. with another soul, you get to see into another person's soul, but guess what else happens? They see you. They see me too. And mm -hmm. did I really want to see them? So that was my biggest fear is like... What if they don't like me? Mm -hmm. what, what happens if, if, if I show them me and, and I feel weak? I feel weak by being vulnerable with this person and the, pers or the purpose of connection. What if they don't like me? Oh, shit. What if I don't like me? Yeah. And so all of these crazy conversations are going on in my mind. And, and I remember the first time I really, truly connected with somebody. And it was in this room. It was with one of my other instructors. And it felt like I just jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. with no parachute, no nothing. And what had happened is when the connection came, I realized I didn't need a parachute because I could fly. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, as your wife, thank you for actually learning how to be an intimate human being. <laughs> I think I was designed for Michael Bryant because no other woman would put put up with that. However, I, I our our fears are all. I mean, men fear vulnerability. I was thinking about a couple guardians. I want to have a few of them here. I'd love to have a few of them here. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, you well, know. Wait, wait, wait. Don't use names. Can, I, I can't use his name. No, no, no. You can, can we describe him with a? 
Well, he's got a long <laughs> white beard. Uh, not quite Santa, but good pirate. He played a good pirate recently with us. The 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 reason I bring him up is because the breakthrough he has had through vulnerability with his family, that's courage to me. Now, masculinity is under attack in our country. I'm not down for that. There's nothing toxic about masculinity. Um, but there is a fine balance between a man being vulnerable is actually beautifully masculine. Well, not only that, it was in that what I what I perceived was darkness. And when I went mm-hmm. went into that darkness because I was afraid, yeah, that's where I found light. Yeah, and that's where I realized I wasn't alone because a lot of the perceived fears that I had, I wasn't the only one that had those. And when I when I realized that in the connection with other souls, I'm like, oh my god, we all have a lot of the similar fears. So that helped me be vulnerable with all kinds of people because I'm like, dude, you have the same fears as me, so I'll, I'll, I'll jump first. Yeah. I'll jump first. I'll grab your hand, and let's go to an area that is sacred where there's life, and then we can transform the world by getting into this darkness with other people, and we don't have to be afraid of the dark. That And think about it. What would it look like if we actually – Everything really, the the success of those that come through Dauntless Nation is truly because of vulnerability and connection, right? Okay, so what would it look like if we focused on our similarities, sort of bared our soul, because the division is what's causing our nation the trouble. But when you really connect with somebody, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, when you actually connect to the soul, those, those things that you've judged kind of go away. I've been in those situations. We all have. And it's when we front with that is when we get in danger, right? So if we could actually bear our soul, if we could be vulnerable, if we could say, hey, this is my fear. I'm afraid that you're going to reject me. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get the job, Mr. Boss. What do I need to do to level up? Just asking the tough questions is the greatest strategy of all. Well, not only that, that level of authenticity Mm -hmm. is dauntless. Yeah. I mean, that would be the true definition of dauntless. And what, what I have hopes for the people that we come in contact with is that level of vulnerability, authenticity, and courage in the face of fear where true connection happened and then all of a sudden you're not alone anymore oh my goodness yeah and i say and and when we say fearlessly strengthening the family unit the truth is if you use the tools and strategies if you're authentic and vulnerable in all areas of your life with your career with your spouse with your children that is the key to unlocking the prison doors that you're in with fear. That's it. That There's plenty of tools that we could talk about. We have an actual battle plan that will be coming up or may be available by the time you listen to this with those strategies on those daily habits, what to do. But at the end of the de- day, fear is a liar, future events appearing real, becoming dauntless means that you are in process of becoming the courageous self that you that you are. Well, not that you are, that you can become, and then just constantly leveling up, continually being a student. And what I want to say is like, welcome to Dauntless Nation. Let's jump together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Bless you. Bless you. 
If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. If you want to find out more about how we can serve your family through our in-person trainings and online courses, visit DauntlessNation.com. Where we are taking a stand for the next generation and the family values that make our nation stronger. 